Chris Miles was able to retire twice by the time he was 39 years old. But he's not content to just enjoy his own financial freedom and peace of mind. Chris wants you to have your own ripple effect so you can live free today. He's not the financial advisor you expected. He's the anti-financial advisor you deserve. He's jumping behind the mic right now, ready to make waves. Here's Chris Miles. Hello, my fellow Ripplers. This is Chris Miles, your cash flow expert and anti-financial advisor. Welcome to our show. It's for you. Those that work so hard for your money and you're now ready for your money to start working harder for you today. You want that freedom of cash flow now, not 30 or 40 years from now, but you want it today so that you can live that life that you love doing what you love. But most importantly, guys, it's not just by getting rich because as you get more prosperous and wealthy, you create a rich life and in doing so can bless the lives of those around you. Thank you so much for tuning in today, allowing me to create a ripple effect in your life as well. Again, thank you so much for binging and sharing and making this possible because without you, honestly, guys, we couldn't do this ripple effect without you. So thank you so much today. As a reminder, if you haven't done so already, if you want to know how you can actually create passive income now, and maybe you've got some money to invest, you're wondering how much money you could actually create with it, go to our website, moneyripples.com. There's a passive income calculator you can check out there today to see how much passive income you could create in the next 12 months. And yes, guess what? It comes from my brain. It's actually my calculations. So if you're ever wondering, how would Chris look at my money? This is it. So go try that calculator out right now. Hey, how amazing would it be if you could create monthly cash flow, passive income from making at least double digit returns on your money? And get this, it's only $1,000 or more that you need to invest. Guys, that's exactly what Secured Investment Corp does. They actually do short-term lending to real estate investors that's backed by real estate that you can actually earn double digit returns on. That means 10% or better. It's also IRA friendly, and you can even reinvest those monthly distributions to create compound interest on your money too. So guys, if you wanna learn more about that, go check out securedinvestmentcorp.com. That's secured, S-E-C-U-R-E-D, investmentcorp.com. Okay guys, so I wanna ask this question is, what does it mean to be wealthy? What does it really mean to be wealthy? What defines that? Is it a certain amount of money? Is it something else? Is it something deeper? Is it net worth? Is it income? How do you measure it? And to be honest, I've kind of been confused about this as well to some level, you know, because you have to kind of look at statistics or look at what people poll to see what they really feel is what's considered wealthy. And of course, as time goes on, that number creeps up on you, doesn't it? Because of inflation and things like that. Uh, but I, I want to take this a little bit different. And so I'm going to actually not only just tell you what is considered wealthy and whether you're not, you fit in that category currently, but more importantly, what does it take to become wealthy regardless of where you are right now? Okay, so I'm going to talk about a poll. This actually came from USA Today. This is from about four months back, October 2023. And so, yes, it's a little bit dated, but not that much. And uh, and so they were asking it, you know, what's that real real determination of who's considered wealthy in America specifically. I'm saying wealthy in America because I know there's several of you that might see our podcast or our YouTube and our, our YouTube videos. And you might look at it and say, well, come on, you Americans are so spoiled. I can live on 2000 a month and, and live like a king or a queen. I get it. Okay. America, it's not the same, right? The amount of cost that you have to even live here is higher than in many places around the world. We've made it that way, and it doesn't help that the government keeps printing more money, does it? So, so let's just talk about what that really means right now. Okay, so number one, 
is a million dollars, right? I mean, many times people say, well, if you're going to become a millionaire, you should have a million dollars. Is that a million dollars net worth? Is that a million dollars a year income? Is that even just a million in assets? You know, from one survey that they talked about, $1 million could actually be just $1 million in investable assets. For example, I talked about in 2006, right? In 2007, I went from millionaire to upside down millionaire. I was not a net worth millionaire at that point. I did have enough passive income to pay for my bills and everything else, but I wasn't a net worth millionaire because I had assets that did have some loans on them. But the total assets, investable assets that I had were over a million dollars, right? And yes, it didn't take long for, uh, for me to fall under, especially as prices tanked on those. And pretty soon, especially because a lot of them were real estate based, my million dollars of, of assets went down below that. And that's how people say, how do you end up over a million dollars in debt? Pretty easy. You watch your values go down. You still have those debts. Now, I'd say total debts. It technically wasn't my net worth. My net worth was not a negative million dollars. Uh, if you looked at my net worth at that time, it was more like probably negative half a million, maybe. Uh, but but still, that had an effect on me. You know, that had an effect on my finances. And so, so is it the million dollars? Well, the thing is, the truth is, it's really not. A <laughs> million dollars is actually not much. They say the average, uh, uh, the average person's net worth right now is one point one million. But that's the average. Remember, there's ultra wealthy people skewing that. So, what's the median net worth of people? Well, from what they said, 193000 just under $200,000. That's the median net worth. That's the middle person, right? If there's a million people or a million and one, who's number 500,001, who's that person, right? Who's the person right in the middle? Well, it's a lot lower than the average. That's why you can't look at averages. And I'm, I'm going to be talking about median things, median net worth. So anyways, the median net worth of people is 196000 right now. That's uh, currently as of the end of 2022. And going actually going into 2023. However, if you look at the top 10%, the top 10% of Americans that are wealthy, their actual median, again, there's that middle person, right? The median person, the middle person, their net worth is actually $2.6 million. So even though the median person in America is about 196,000, if you're in the top 10%, the person that's in the middle there of the top 10% is 2.6 million. That means there's people on the other side that are higher than 2.6 million and people below it too. Uh, they didn't give the range, but they just said the person right in the middle of the 10%, the top 10% wealthy has a net worth of 2.6 million. So if right now you're listening to this, you have a net worth of at least 2.6 million, you could pretty much assume that you're at least the top 5% of Americans today. Uh, now, that being said, and by the way, that's top 10% not of net worth, that's 10% of those with income. So those that have the highest income have a net worth, median net worth of 2.6 million. Now, according to a survey, right? So when you survey people, what they think is a high enough net worth to be considered wealthy, it was 2.2 million, right? So just a little bit under. And so 2.2 million is what people feel like. However, those in the position right now where they feel like they're wealthy, so not just what they feel like wealth, wealthy would be, what number that is in the future or down the road, but people that actually reported feeling wealthy, right? See that distinction was actually only 560,000 net worth. So roughly about triple what the median net worth is. Those that were about triple that actually felt like they were wealthy and they felt like they're okay. Meaning that they felt financially secure. And now it may not feel like they were like multimillionaires. Of course, that's not what they're saying. They just felt comfortable financially. So if you have over half a million dollars in net worth, you might be in that category. You say, I feel wealthy. And especially depending on where you live, you might feel that more than others. I imagine people in California feel a little bit differently than those maybe in Mississippi, 
right? Where uh, the net worth might be drastically different just because of prices and everything else. So I get that. This is again, just nationwide across America. Um, now, how about income? What is it people, what do people consider being wealthy according to your income? Well, what was reported? 483,000 a year, which is about six times the national average salary, which is about 75,000 a year. About just under 500,000 a year of income, people will consider you being wealthy. And it's funny because I, I, I looked at that number. I said, that looks familiar. And then I looked up the, the tax brackets from 2023 and realized, oh, yeah, that's where the tax brackets, about the place where the tax brackets go up. So, yeah, that's probably when they, they tax the rich, so to speak, right? If you're making about a half million dollars a year, you might be considered rich, according to most Americans. Just so you know, that's, that could be a danger, couldn't it? Especially if Americans feel victimized in any way, feeling like it's your fault, that could be a problem. That's another reason why we might want to consider finding ways to save on taxes, right? How can we reduce your income? Can we do things with real estate investing to do that? Can you use businesses to actually reduce your income so that you're not, one, paying a lot more in taxes than the average person anyways, but two, be able to actually be in a place that's safer where you're not as likely to be targeted by politicians that say they're going to tax the rich, as they say, right? So anyways, I'm kind of diver I'm diverging a little bit from this, but just so you know, if we were to sum this all up, 59% of people surveyed said they never, ever will be wealthy in their lifetime. That means only about 41% think it's even possible. I imagine the younger they are, probably the more likely they feel it's possible, or the older you kind of tend to lose hope, right? At least that's been my experience with people I've talked to over the years. So again, that median income of those in the top 10% of income, 2.6 million. Most people think you need at least 2.2 million of net worth to even be there. Uh, but income, they feel like you need to have just under a half million dollars to be considered wealthy. Now, let's talk about what does it really mean to be wealthy? So here's my take on, on wealth here. Your net worth, your income, your financial numbers have very, very little to do with your ability to feel wealthy. Because the truth is wealth is an emotional thing, right? It's all interpretation. There's people that think that they're wealthy that really, if life were to throw a few curves, they might actually be completely broke. Right. Uh, I know this to be true with, you know, some of my friends in real estate, you know, they have booming businesses making millions of dollars. And then all of a sudden the market throws a curve at them in 2022 and 2023 as interest rates rise and the market that shifts and they don't know how to shift the market. And next thing you know, they're bankrupt. Like the money's gone. It wasn't because they weren't making a lot of money, but it's because they didn't have other things in place to make sure that they were safeguarded. They didn't have enough reserves to factor in. And they might even had a few hundred thousand. But based on how their business model might be and how much they're spending, whether it be on employees or other types of expenses, that money was gone. And so that's a key critical thing is that, yes, that does have a little bit to do with the numbers. But ultimately, what I've noticed is this, is that from my own experience, I felt wealthy before I became wealthy. Let me repeat that. I felt wealthy before I became wealthy. I identified as being wealthy before the numbers showed it. Now, I fit all those categories they mentioned about, you know, net worth, income, everything else. I easily surpassed those numbers to become in the wealthy, what anybody would survey would consider to be wealthy. That being said, guys, is that I've known people in that category that didn't feel wealthy because it depended upon what that money did for them. Because, for example, that, a lot of that money's in the stock markets. They don't always feel secure. You can never truly have freedom where there's fear. Fear and faith cannot coexist in the same person at the same time. So if you have a lot of fear in your situation, it doesn't matter how much money you have. In fact, the more money you have, the more you feel like you might have to lose. That's a scary place to be, right? Because that scarcity was never controlled. And this is why I keep bringing up scarcity 
paradigm versus abundance paradigm, right? Because it's not about the numbers. The numbers do help to a little degree, right? I'm not saying that they're not important because we focus on numbers all the time. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the show about the passive income calculator. That's that's taking numbers of what's potential in somebody's situation. But I know many people have, have gone and put their numbers in there. Sometimes they even get a number that's in the six figures, $100,000 plus of potential passive income they could create. And you know what they, in, in many cases, some of those people say, really? Is that even possible? Uh, yeah, I didn't just pull those numbers out of thin air. <laughs> They're they literally the money you could be using to create passive income, but you're not. Why? Because you've been taught your whole life that the key to financial freedom, to wealth, is to save as much as you can. Pay off all the debt you can, that you can. So you're debt-free. You've got all this money in savings. But usually the savings, they usually mean if it's not in a savings account, it's generally thrown into the stock market where it can go up or down depending on the whims of the market that day. And so you've been taught that that's the key to freedom. But when you get to that point, and I know many of you, you might be listening right now, and you fit in this category. We say, yeah, I actually saved up you know, half a million or over a million dollars between my savings and my mutual funds or my retirement accounts. And guess what? I don't feel free. Especially is true if you have money in a 401k or an IRA, you're stuffing money in that thing. And it's like money is locked in prison, right? You locked up your money in prison. You can't access it. You can't get it out unless one, you get fired or two, you quit. And even then, if you try to get to it, they only let you get $50,000 out of your 401k. They'll say, that's all you can touch. Sorry. I know it's your own money, but it's really not because we're the government. We determine the rules, not you. That's the silent partner. That's not so silent, especially every time they try to vote on it. So you're put, really gambling your life away, hoping that the government has your best interest in mind. That's not the kind of people I like to teach, right? I don't like to teach people that think that they can just trust the government and they're going to take care of them all the time because the government always has Americans' best interests in mind, right? They don't ever care about lobbyists. They don't ever care about you know other politicians or even the other political interest groups that are out there swaying them and trying to help fund their campaigns and everything else. That never happens, right? Of course it does. Us citizens, we get ignored. And even me, even if I am in the top 5 10% of the wealthy in the country, it does not mean they give a crap about what I think because I'm not the top half percent of the country. Understand that I don't trust them. And so when people try to lock their money away into these 401ks and IRAs, realizing that they're really not liquid, and even if you try to get to them, if you can get to them, they slap you with taxes and 10% penalties because you hit, didn't hit 59 and a half yet, right? And even if you do hit 59 and a half yet, they still slap you with the highest tax rate possible on the income tax scale. That's ridiculous. And so this is why I find a lot of people not ever feeling wealthy. Now, I mentioned before, I felt wealthy before I became wealthy. How is that possible? Number one, do I have enough income coming in to cover my bills? The truth is, if, if you have a job that can at least pay your bills, you're doing pretty good. Now, I'm not saying you feel free. Remember, this is all perception. But if you can pay your bills, you're living from day to day. Technically, even though not from an investment standpoint, but at least from a day to day working standpoint, you are financially independent, meaning you don't, you're not dependent upon other people. Now, you're not financially independent based on passive income where you don't have to keep working. You're not work optional, but you are independent, meaning that you can sustain yourself. That is a good thing. That's first. Can you pay your own bills? Can you at least be paycheck to paycheck? If you're less than paycheck to paycheck, you're not quite there. If you're at least paycheck to paycheck, you're doing pretty well. Two, do you have some emergency fund money? Do you have some money in place just in case something were to happen? That alone will give you things. I, I, it drives me nuts sometimes. I get 
uh, some people that will reach out, just random people, uh, probably not you, but uh, but there are people who will reach out saying, I've saved up some money. I've got $2,000. I've got $10,000, $20,000. What do I invest in? That could be, I could stop working. Okay, first and foremost, if anybody tells you you could take ten dollars or $20,000 and stop working, like it just works for you, it's all passive, they are lying and selling you something that's too good to be true. I'm just telling you, I, I'm a very open person. I can believe that there's a lot of things that I don't understand. I don't know. There's possibilities that may be outside of the realm that I see. However, I will tell you this. If you have like 25000 bucks and you think that that's going to start paying you $2,000 a month because you put into some uh, thing that invests in crypto or invest in options trading or something like that. If you've been sold that bill of goods, you might want to get your money back if they even still have your money because those inevitably are scams. Now, that's from a passive standpoint. Now, can you take 25000 invest in a business of yours and make a few thousand dollars a month? Absolutely. But it's going to require some time and energy and maybe some systems in place or people in place to allow that to happen. So it's not too good to be true because you still got to create, you got to, you got to put in the effort. You got to put in the systems and the time and the patience. Even that time might be a matter of months. It could be a matter of years to get that to perform for you. So is it possible to take 25 grand and make a few grand a month? Yes. However, don't expect it to be something passive where you do nothing. If they're selling you that, they are literally selling you something that isn't true. It isn't real. Okay. You get what I'm saying? Now, that's so having that emergency fund is important. It's also important to know that you have money coming in beyond what you're working for. This is why I emphasize so much on passive income. The reason that I felt free even before my net worth showed it, even before my income showed it, is because one, I was controlling my expenses. I was keeping my expenses lower. I wasn't living in a cardboard box. I wasn't living on rice and beans, but I was being a wise steward of the money I was spending. And then two, I was generating more income above and beyond what I needed to live. That's the key to freedom, guys. It's all about cash flow. Cash flow means that you have more income coming in than expenses in whatever shape or form that is. The difference in between your income and your expenses, that's cash flow and that's freedom. Now, if it's the opposite where more expensive than, than income, then you have negative cash flow and you don't feel free. This is not a good place to be. You want it to where you have way more income coming in than your expenses, so that creates more options. And when you have more options, you have more freedom. For me, that's what changed first. I got to the point where I had a lot more income coming in than my expenses. I was more than living within my means. I didn't have to shrink my means all the way. Notice I didn't have to be just focus on only paying off debt, although I did do that too, because I had to pay off a lot of debt, as you well know. But it wasn't just that. It was about increasing my income Reducing my expenses reasonably within, re well, that's obviously reasonably within reason, right? I'm reducing my expenses to a point where at least I'm, I'm able to have those essentials taken care of. I'm doing what I feel like is needed, but I'm trying to be a wise steward of my money. And then taking that difference, saving it, and then using that to invest to generate more income. Does that make sense? And that's all you can really do is you can either generate more income or reduce expenses. Now, if you do have debt, you could take that extra money you have, the extra cash flow, use it to reduce your debts. But sometimes that's not the best place to put it. Many people I, we talk to will try to reduce all their debts. But in reality, those debts, like their mortgages, for example, aren't the things they should be paying off. Or maybe some of their car loans. It's like, you know what? It's okay. Don't put extra towards those payments. Put it over here. Get that income up here so that it can actually pay for your payments for you. And then you have more money and you have more options and more freedom.
That's the key. Now, I am going to show you a survey. I'm going to put the link in the show notes as well. But this uh, survey, again, comes back to those emotions to see how really financially well off you are. A financial well-being survey, as it's called here. So I'm going to show that to you right now. Okay, so you'll see here on this survey, um, I, like I said, I'll put the, this in the show notes. It's consumerfinance.gov. They have this financial well-being survey. Here's a few questions, and actually, I like them. Um, I actually tested pretty well for this because... Uh, I answered in the positive every time. And I'll tell you, I, I retook it twice because one of the questions was a little bit sketchy. I found out why, because it actually affected my number. So I'm going to share that with you here. But think about these, whether you're listening to this or you're watching this video, because I do have this shared on the screen right now. Either way, uh, I want you to start really answering this for yourself. Number one, I could handle a major unexpected expense anywhere from not at all to completely. It says this statement describes me not at all or completely and anywhere in that scale. Could you handle a major unexpected expense? Remember I went back to having that emergency fund? That's critical. Do you have that? Could you handle that unexpected expense or would you be stressed? Two, I am securing my financial future. Are you proactively using a plan to make sure that you have your, financial, your future secure financially? Are you doing that? Not at all to all the way to completely. Number three, because of my money situation, I feel like I will never have the things I want in life. Notice it's a negative statement says, because of my money situation, I feel like I will never have the things I want in my life. Now, if you feel like that's not a true statement, put not at all or very little, right? Or somewhat, if you feel like that's somewhat the truth. Now, if you really feel like strongly, I will never have the things I want in life, then it's closer to very well or completely, right? Uh, so remember, this one flip-flops where if you were saying positively, like I can handle major unexpected expense, I put completely. Um, I'm secure in my financial future. I put completely as well, right? Because of my financial situation, I feel like I'll never have the things I want in my life. I put not at all. I don't believe that at all. Number four, I can enjoy life because of the way I'm managing my money. Notice it flip-flops back to the other direction, right? So if you feel like you can enjoy life because of the way you're managing your money, if that's 100% true, put completely. If it's not true at all, you can put not at all or anything in between. Here's a good one. I'm just getting by financially. This is a tricky one. And this is the one I had to test. I'm just getting by financially. If you say I'm just getting by financially, if it's, this means really, are you paycheck to paycheck or less than that? Or are you very well off? If you're paycheck to paycheck or not even paycheck to paycheck, um, where you're not getting by financially at all. Now, if you're just getting by financially, you might say somewhat, this would be paycheck to paycheck. That would be somewhat. However, if you're not getting by financially, that would be answered in the positive completely or very well. Because you're saying, I am just getting by, I don't like the way it's word, worded, right? Like, uh, I'm just getting by financially. But if you're saying, no, I'm very well off here, I'm, I have more than enough income coming in from my expenses, you would put very little or not at all. You would be on that spectrum. I tested it out. It's true. That's what they're really getting at is pretty much, are you broke or do you feel very comfortable based on the income compared to your expenses? Um, if you're feeling comfortable, it's close to the not at all side. If you're just not getting by at all, it's completely. <laughs> so remember that. All right, the last, the last one in this section here, I'm concerned that the money I have or will save won't last. All right, so do you feel like the money you have or you will have or you will save won't last? If that's a fear of yours, that's more on the completely side. If you don't worry about that at all, it's not at all. Now, there's a few more. These are good ones. I really do like these questions. Even though you know I, I wouldn't normally like some of this kind of stuff, I do like where it's going. It says, giving a gift for a wedding, birthday, or other occasion would put a strain on my finances for the month. Is that true? Is that always true, often true, sometimes, rarely, or never true? Um, I think that's a great, 
do you feel free to even spend money? There are people that have plenty of money, but may not feel like they feel like it might put strain on their finances. Now that may or may not be true, but it's uh, but that's the thing is like, would, you know, giving a gift for a wedding or a birthday or some other occasion would it put a strain on your finances or do you feel free to spend however you want? Uh, the next one, I have money left over at, at the end of the month. So do you have extra money each month? Is that always or never? I am behind with my finances. So do you feel like you're kind of falling behind? Like you're not really keeping up with your finances, right? This is more of a stewardship type question, right? And then the last one, my finances control my life. Now, remember, this is a flip-flop. Do you feel like finances control your life or do you feel like you control the finances? So if you feel like your finances control your life, you would put the always. If you feel like you're in complete control of your finances, that's closer to the never side. Now, they'll have you answer a few questions about your age and that whether you read them or did them yourself, and you'll get a score. Uh, the higher the score, the better. They even have some demographics with it. I would challenge you to take some kind of test like this because this is more, this kind of gives you a very objective point of view, but it also addresses the emotional side. I, th I think it's a great way to tell how secure do you truly feel about your money because this is where wealth really comes in. You can look at wealth as being a number based on averages and what everybody else says. But in truth, is it really that? Or is it more something where you feel like it's, it's based on how you actually really feel? That's what I'm telling you guys. Like You can actually be wealthy before you're monetarily, financially showing up wealthy compared to the other people. It doesn't matter how you compare to other people. Remember that. It does not matter how you compare. It's about what is your finances actually doing for you? You could be someone who's single. You could literally live on $2,000 a month. You might be more free with $4,000 a month of passive income than someone who spends $20,000 a month only getting $4,000 a month passive income. Understand what I'm saying there? Someone could be spending $20,000 a month but only be making $15,000 a month or $10,000 a month. They would be feeling completely broke regardless of their income or regardless of how much they're spending. And again, it's not about what they're spending. It's about what's that difference in cash flow, right? And what's your financial foundation? Do you have those reserves in place? Do you have your money where you're being a wise steward? You're watching the money coming in and coming out. You're being proactive and actually making a plan. It doesn't matter how much money you have. If you don't feel like you have a plan, which is pretty much what everybody hires us says, like they're like, I know my money could be do something more, but I, I, I don't know what that is. I don't know how to make it work or I'm scared because I'm not certain because I hear different things about the markets or I've seen things in my own life where there's money been lost in different market things that I've done. What if my investments go down south? What, what if something goes wrong? How do I make sure that I can make it? I don't want to lose that hard-earned money I have. I get it. The truth is we don't want you to lose that either, right? We want you to be able to make it and prosper. That's the whole purpose of what we talk about in this show is that you do things wisely. You're a wise steward of your money. You invest it wisely. And then that creates freedom. So my challenge to you is simply this is, are you wealthy? Are you not that wealth money helps, but it's not everything. You've got to have an abundance mindset that supports it also supported by the financial foundation and the plan that you have in place. Make those two work together and guys, I'm not saying you're bulletproof, but you're going to feel pretty dang good. You are going to be and feel free. And that, to me, is the true measure of wealth. Is do, Are you a free person? Are you someone who's abundant, prosperous, and then also has a heart of gold that you're willing to give and help and uplift others as well, creating a ripple effect in their lives? That, to me, is a true measure of wealth. I want you to go and make it a wonderful and prosperous week so that you can create a prosperous and wonderful life, an abundant life, a life of giving and service to others that makes this world a better place. Go and make it a great day, guys. 
visit us online at moneyripples.com for more resources to help you fix money leaks and get your money working harder for you now. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.